Are you in a new relationship or starting in a relationship or even in a relationship that you've been in for some time and want to know what are some of the early warning indicators that this could be a problematic relationship? Today, we're talking about some of those early warning signs that there could be something serious to consider before you get too involved in a relationship. If you'd like to find out more about how you can improve your existing relationship or how to find and create a fulfilling relationship, head over to The Relationship Maze, where we have lots of free resources and our online course, The Relationship Maze, to help you create a wonderful relationship. And you can take our free online conflict style quiz and discover your argument style and what you can do about it. And press subscribe right now. Welcome to today's episode of The Relationship Maze. And today we're looking at what we're going to call stormcasting. So some of those warning signs or some of those serious warning signs that could show that there's potential problems ahead in a relationship. Yeah. And okay, so let's start with uh, the most serious warning sign that uh, we could think of immediately is, of course, if this relationship turns out to be an abusive relationship. But what do we mean by that? I mean, abuse is quite wide-ranging. Uh, we're thinking about the very obvious abuse, uh, for example, which is physical. So if you are in a relationship with somebody who is violent, physically violent, then really this is this is no good. This is not acceptable. Let's be absolutely clear. It's not acceptable to, for any partner to become physically violent with another. Um, so physical violence, absolutely no. But then there are more um, hidden forms of violence or abuse in a relationship. So we might be talking about um, emotional uh, abuse. We might be talking about verbal abuse. Do you want to say a bit more about that, Tom? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, sometimes the verbal abuse and emotional abuse, I think, can be as damaging as physical abuse. Yeah. I mean, physical abuse is more obvious. Yeah. You know, it's clear that this is not okay if somebody's aggressive of you, if somebody, you know, it's not just mm. hitting, but it's also grabbing or kind of pulling or, mm. you know, pulling hair or whatever it might be. So these mm. sort of things, you know, totally clearly not okay. But the challenge mm. comes where, you know, what is emotional abuse and what is verbal abuse? And I think mm. sometimes mm -hmm. it's difficult for some people to identify exactly what it is mm -hmm. and what it isn't. So it can mm -hmm. be challenging. Uh, I mean, I think clearly sort of name-calling, mm -hmm. uh, putting someone down uh, consistently is, mm -hmm. is going to be something that people are going to find abusive, absolutely. which is an absolute no-no. Yeah, or the, the, uh, un the constant undermining that happens in an abusive relationship where one partner constantly tells the other that they're not good enough, that they could do better where they absolutely, as you say, where they name call, they use some swear words, for example, or belittling terms uh, for their partner. These are all indicators that you are in a relationship where your partner is emotionally abusive. So where they are treating you in a disrespectful way. Now, I know that some people could have a long discussion about what's respectful and what's disrespectful. And again, for some couples, there is a very fine line here of what's acceptable and what isn't acceptable. Now, what happens with um, emotionally uh, abusive relationship, this is usually a process and this doesn't happen overnight. You might start off in a relationship with someone who seems very kind and very interested and very loving initially. 
And then little by little, slowly, uh, slowly over a period of time, you find yourself in a situation where your partner starts to do uh, these little attacks, as you say, you know, the, the undermining bit, uh, which might be initially, might take a little bit of time to, to kind of realize what's actually going on here. And this is particularly, of course, difficult when you uh, might be struggling with low self-esteem, for example, in the first place, where you think you might not be very worthy, you might not be lovable. So very often uh, for someone who is in that kind of, has that kind of mindset or comes from that kind of background, it might be more difficult to acknowledge that they're in a relationship which is emotionally abusive. Absolutely. And I think another sign for, for me is that um, when, you know, how do you know this as well. It's like maybe the other person gets angry and or maybe the person says something very blaming. And I think if somebody is very blaming all the time, mm-hmm. that can also become or, or be very abusive. Mm-hmm. And I think it's when you're on the, the other end of that and you start to almost doubt yourself and think, well, maybe it was my fault they were angry. Maybe it was something I did that caused mm-hmm. this. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, often again, with that sort of low self-esteem, mm-hmm. you know, blaming ourselves is that sign that we may, you know, red flag for ourselves that maybe there's something not quite right here Mm -hmm. if I feel I have to be taking responsibility for how this other person's treating me, particularly early on. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And kind of related to that, I mean, we we, we could be talking actually, we have done podcasts on abusive relationships that you might want to listen to where we unpack this in a little bit more detail than we're going to do in the episode today because it's very complex. Um, But I think another related element of abuse is when you are in a a coercively controlling relationship where your partner starts to little by little, and again, this is usually a process that evolves over a period of time, where your partner starts to tell you what you should or shouldn't be doing, what you whether you should go out, for example, uh, what you should be wearing when you go out, uh, or you should put on more makeup, or, or you should wear a different pair of trousers, or something like that. Uh, where, you, where your partner starts to control the situation that you're in. They might also um, discourage you very strongly from meeting other people, having other relationships. Over a period of time, you find yourself more and more isolated in this relationship. These are all potential signs of being in a coercively controlling relationship. Yeah, and, and constantly checking up on the other person as well as yeah. a, a sort of sign. And, mm. you know, like trying to find out where they are, what they're doing, all of these things, you know, feed into this as well. And we'll talk more about mm. this with another point later mm. on as well. Mm. Um, but maybe we go on to number two yeah. on our list. So number two, we have uh, put downs, which we've talked about a little mm. bit just now, mm-hmm. but also gaslighting. So mm. that term that I think was made popular from a movie from in the mid 20th century. Mm-hmm. So where somebody uh, basically would, I think it was accusing their wife of having done something which they didn't do and then creating a self-doubt where the person really starts to doubt themselves, mm. which we also touched on a moment ago with the first point as well. Mm. Yeah, so gaslighting is sort of absolutely kind of overlaps with this whole idea of uh, abusive relationship. If it if it happens frequently, I think we sometimes involuntarily might gaslight our partner. And again, we've done another pet, uh, podcast episode on gaslighting if you're interested in this specific topic. Um, so we might sort of involuntarily sometimes 
claim something that your part that the partner might experience as questioning their own mental health and their own capacity to recollect what actually happened that plays out in relationships quite a lot but when we're talking about more serious gaslighting it is really leading one partner in the relationship the person who is gaslit to really question all the time, well, am I right here? Did I really, you know, did I not say that? Did I say that? Where they can't trust them, their own mind anymore, their own recollections, their own memory anymore. Yes. So, and I think the term is overused yeah. at the moment. Certainly, like there's so many books, so many kind of uh, videos around gaslighting, mm. and it's just used with, you know, often with, you know, someone's partner says, "No, you didn't say that," and mm. immediately you're gaslighting me. Mm. But certainly, I know that you know you might have said something to me a few weeks ago, or I might have said something to you a few weeks ago, mm. and well. Mm. I might just have forgotten it yeah. and just be really in my mind. I, I just don't remember that being said. And, you know, it, the, the memory can be an issue too. And mm. I think, you know, it's weeding out what is actual abuse from, mm. you know, what might be kind of just forgetting. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's a fine line. So I think, and also, and also what's, you know, we might have different perspectives. Of course, we will always have different perspectives of what actually happened you know you ask somebody you ask a witness to describe a particular scene that they have witnessed each witness will describe it slightly differently because they've seen something differently they've noticed something differently they emphasized something differently that is a, a common phenomenon in all relationships just to be clear yeah so gaslighting is is another dimension really it's like when you are also purposefully i think this is the difference isn't it is when you're purposefully setting out to um, to make someone else question their mind, question what's actually happened here. So there is a, a manipulative element here in gaslighting. Yeah, and with somebody who's abusive, uh, it could also you know, play out in terms of mm. making the person feel that they're to blame for all, mm. all of these things when it's actually the person doing the abuse. Mm. Yeah. Um, and that can really kind of play on sort of your stability in terms of questioning your own sort of mm -hmm. sense of the world. Mm. Um, yeah, so we should move on to number three. Yeah, so what we have here on our list is um, it's, an, it's expressions of um, strong emotions. Um, and we're thinking about something like anger, for example, how anger is expressed in the relationship as a very strong uh, emotional expression it is not just anger but rage so if you are in a relationship with somebody who's raging a lot of the time then that can of course be a red flag for that relationship but actually conversely it's equally uh, challenging to be in a relationship where where there's an extreme under expression of emotion where uh, nothing is ever expressed so basically where you sit where you're in a relationship with somebody who is like a mask and completely neutral all the time, never ever expresses anything, which you might uh, experience as stonewalling, this kind of running against the wall and you're never breaking through. So maybe let's look at anger first of all. Yes, and like you said, there's you know rage is very different as well. It's an extreme form of anger, and mm. yeah, you know, if you're in a relationship where somebody's constantly raging, it's mm. quite natural to feel a sense of threat and insecurity, and and it's not healthy. You know, so mm. it's not appropriate for somebody to be constantly raging or regularly raging, mm. or even you know probably having. You know, shouting, I think, for most people is not okay. Mm -hmm. You know, there may be the odd occasion when it, when it happens. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, that, that, that might just be, you know, when somebody is getting angry, occasionally 
someone might shout. But if this happens regularly, then I think, you know, it's up to that person to do something about that. Yeah. Because, you know, when we're spoken to, when we're shouted at, when somebody is raging, mm. it, it's an almost automatic reaction within our brain. Mm. You know, the amygdala fires off, it goes, we go into this fight, flight, freeze response. Yeah. So we have this autonomic response where we go into this sort of protection or kind of safety, running away or kind of fighting back. Mm. Uh, and, you know, if this is happening regularly, we're, we're, we're never going to feel safe in that relationship. Mm, exactly. So, yeah, so there's a sort of, again, there's a line here in terms of anger. Anger in and of itself is absolutely fine. We're all angry at times. We all have a good reason to be angry at times when we feel under attack, for example, or when we're very stressed. But when, it, when it's finding this um, extreme expression where it's really um, also kind of really... Um, uh, leveling all your hostility onto your partner, that's when it crosses a line and becomes problematic and and really needs to be addressed by the person who is struggling with these extreme outbursts of anger. So we've looked at one extreme here. Um, of course, the other end of the spectrum is this complete lack of expression. Um, and here we're talking about uh, being in a relationship with somebody who is almost a little bit of an enigma, never lets you know what's actually going on, never lets you in on on their emotional experiences, um, also doesn't respond or react appropriately or empathically to your own emotions. So basically puts this wall down all of the time that you're running against, that you can't break through. So it creates this, uh, maybe it's less of a, um, a red flag in a relationship, but a bit of a yellow flag here. It's a warning sign that there's a lack of disconnect here. There's someone who's not quite willing to engage with you in the way that they should do. I think where it's a red flag is probably where there's, there's something that really is of concern to you or really upsets you and mm. the other person refuses to talk about it mm -hmm. and just disengages and constantly you know, refuses to talk about it. But about some of these things that are really important to you. And if, that, if that's happening regularly, I think that can be a real... You know, that can be a red flag. Mm -hmm. you know, I think some people, they're not so in touch with their emotions. Yeah. And so there may be that sense they're not as emotionally expressive, mm -hmm. which could be problematic later on because mm -hmm. you want that close relationship. Mm -hmm. um, but it's not done in the same intentional way. Yeah. 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 But I think it's when somebody's just refusing, you know, yeah. you're obsessed about something and, and they just mm -hmm. refuse to address these things, putting it off or kind of, you know, just refusing to engage. And, and that can be... Mm, can very be quite, distressing. Yeah, and very manipulative. Yeah. Yeah? And yeah. Punish. It's, it's basically experienced as a punishment by the partner who runs against the wall, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. And number four is love bombing or kind of grandiose gestures of love too early on in a relationship. Mm. Now, of course, we all like to kind of have, um, you know, have some, have expressions of love and kind of nice expressions in a relationship. But when it's too much too soon, it's always one of those really key red flags because, you know, often we see this with narcissism, people who encounter this, that this is, you know, the love bombing early on to get that person to feel this person's amazing, they're the one. And then once that's settled, it's like then the emotional abusive mm. elements kind of kick in. Yeah. Again, we've done another podcast on, on uh, narcissism being in a relationship with somebody who um, presents as a narcissist even if they haven't got a diagnosis, because very often they don't have a diagnosis, uh, and and the use of love bombing within that context. Yeah, so it's a means of hooking you in, it's a means of getting you to to commit to the relationship, because it's so very flattering, isn't it, when 
you are, particularly when you're in a new relationship and this person invites you to go to Paris for the weekend, for example, uh, in week two, you've just met and they tell you that they love you, that you're absolutely amazing. Now, most people kind of find that uh, quite flattering, I suppose, and exciting and isn't it amazing that, uh, you know, that I'm so incredible here, that this person loves me so much? Um, but, uh, but this is a sign, really, that it's almost like a, even if it's an unconscious hook by the other person, it is a hook, and it's not really... Uh, it also kind of blindsides you, so to speak, to actually really getting to know the person in front of you because you're just you're just uh, taken in by all the the sort of the masking, so to speak, the the exciting stuff on the surface, and you haven't really got time or opportunity to get to know your new partner. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, those early stages of a relationship, we are you know our brains are soaked in all these chemicals like mm. oxytocin and what are the what are the other things that are going on? Oh, the, I can't remember that. Yeah, but, but but you know, basically mm. all these chemicals are, are current trying to get us to bond with somebody. So we have these intense feelings, mm. uh, and that's confusing sometimes. It does feel like this person's amazing and. You know, but I think when somebody is so over the top so early on, as well as just knowing that that, first of all, it's not real love, that's the sort of chemical reaction, mm. it's the initial attraction, but that, that can often cloud our sight in terms of seeing what is this person really like. Mm-hmm. So I think that's really important is being able to see, find out what this person is really like. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in a way, it's kind of giving time for the, all that stuff, all that activity in the brain with all those chemicals to ease down a bit so we mm-hmm. can start to get to know this person. Yeah, so it's like taking the veil away, so to speak, and really having an opportunity to look very closely at who, who is my new partner here, who am I looking at? Um, so that's important, of course, in order to, to make an assessment, an appropriate assessment. Right, so what else have we got on our list? I think we had, um, where are we? Yes, we, were, we noted down here uh, that another warning sign in the relationship, and we've kind of touched on that already, is some being in a relationship with someone who's excessively jealous and constantly checking what are you doing, um, where are you going, um, and someone who wants constant attention of you, who really struggles to be on their own, for example. Now, some of that touches already on the coercive control elements that we talked about with point one of our podcast. Uh, some of it might be a slightly milder form, but but when you're in a relationship with someone who's very jealous, they start to put some shackles on and start to uh, limit your movements to some extent. Um, and... And you're basically dealing with another person who is very insecure. And it's okay. I mean, that insecurity can be addressed and actually needs to be addressed because in the long run, it's not healthy to be in a relationship with somebody who restricts you all of the time. Yes, and I, th- I think there's that two sides of it, like you said, if, is the anxiety that comes with that attachment style, mm-hmm. which you know somebody may be kind of insecure because they've had bad experiences in the past, and they need may need you know some reassurance. Mm-hmm. But when that becomes into a level of them controlling directly as well, where mm-hmm. it's like you know you you know I don't want you to go out, you know you need to be spending time with me, and the way that it's done, it can be done in a more subtle way, of course, mm-hmm. as well. But I think. In in terms of that dynamic, it it's it's really really red you know really kind of key red flag. 
Yeah, and I, I think it's interesting because I think for a lot of people, um, expressions of jealousy are expressions of love. They receive it as love. It's almost this idea of, oh, if you really love me, then you must be jealous. And well, there might be an element of truth in that. Of course, if you are really interested in your partner, you might not enjoy the idea that they that they are desired by other people, for example. That might be really difficult for you. But actually, somebody, a partner who's excessively jealous is not more loving. They're just more insecure in the relationship. Just to be clear about that distinction. Yeah, absolutely. So should we move on to the next yeah. one? So next one is hopefully a clear one, which was uh, excessive alcohol or substance abuse. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, clearly in a relationship, you know, particularly early on, if we see that the, the other person does have, um, you know, excessive alcohol consumption or excessive substance abuse, and that's, you know, something that you would never engage in yourself as well, um, I think, you know, that's going to be a real warning flag because, you know, well, first of all, with addictive types of behaviour, uh, you know, somebody can often become not themselves when they're, you know, mm. having the substance mm. or kind of mm. alcohol. Uh, but also in terms of that, you know, it's, it's often a sign that that person is needing to numb their emotions somehow or kind of deal with that they're not dealing with sort of emotional things going on for them and they're needing to turn to substances to do that mm-hmm. so in a relationship there's you know going to be the sign that there's, there's something under the surface that that isn't being dealt with yeah so and now again this is a, a very complex area and um, I think what we're saying here is not that if you are in a relationship with somebody who's got drug or alcohol problems, for example, that you need to immediately run. But I think what is important is to remember that your partner will need some help and you are not the person who can fix it. Uh, You might get into a codependent relationship with your partner. You might involuntarily support your partner in their substance abuse or alcohol abuse. So this is a scenario where extra help is needed um, because... You're not really, as you said, Tom, I mean, you're not really in a relationship where somebody is uh, has got the complete range of their emotional faculties or rational faculties at their disposal if they're under the influence. So in a way, you are in a relationship with someone who's not quite fully there for you, can't be fully there for you because they're wrestling with their own struggles. Um, so... So what we're saying is, just to reiterate, is like your partner will need some help and that help needs to come from a professional. It cannot come just from you. You're not going to be able to cure your partner or get them away from the drugs and the alcohol if it's excessive. Absolutely. It's impossible. It's really quite a struggle. Yeah, because you're getting into a relationship because you want a partner. Yeah. You're not going to a relationship to be someone's therapist. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So that's very different, you know, because yeah. some people do kind yeah. of see yeah. people and it brings up something that they feel, I need to save this person. It's mm. that classic mm. classic thing where, I, mean, I think particularly sort of teenage years, that sort of, mm. you know, go for the, like, the bad boy, bad girl, the girl, I'll save them, that mm. sort of, you know, somehow thinking you can save somebody. Mm. Well, you know, that's not going to be, that's just not going to work. You're yeah. not going to be happy. It's, um, you know, it, you're looking for somebody who's a partner, not mm. not a kind of project to, you know, be their sort of saviour or kind of therapist. Absolutely, yeah. That's a really good point. Yeah. And I think, you know, particularly early on, if you see those signs, that probably is going to be a red flag to make you think, is this really the right relationship to, to get into? Mm-hmm. You know, because mm-hmm. this is going to 
be constantly there throughout a relationship. Mm. If it develops later on, like you're saying as well, you know, that's maybe something that can be worked on. Mm. Uh, but it's noticing, you know, if you see these things up front, that could save you a lot of kind of pain later on, unless you're prepared to, mm. to kind of uh, go down that journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good, yeah. So the next point that we have on the list is uh, one about boundaries, um, physical boundaries, emotional boundaries, uh, boundaries. Um, so where you are in a relationship with a partner who constantly crosses your boundaries. And these might be just small things. It might be a partner who sort of almost kind of wants to have constant contact with you. Um, that could be a, a boundary violation for you because you might find experience that too much. Or you might be in a relationship with someone who basically holds really firm boundaries and never lets you into their boundary. Or it might be a transgression of um, sexual demands, for example, where you are quite clear about what your boundary is, what you find acceptable, what you don't find acceptable, and where your partner is making demands of you that uh, leave you feel really uncomfortable. Um, then there's something wrong. Generally, when you have this sort of sense of, of, of discomfort all or a lot of the time, Yes, absolutely. You know, an extreme version might be, you know, you just started dating somebody and the first time they come around to your house, they, they start reorganising your cabinet. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> Which maybe some people would be OK with. Never but happened I think to for, me, has it? No, I think <laughs> most people like that. That could be a red flag. Yes. Yeah. Well, and we've covered quite a lot in this episode already, so I think we're going to kind of round off on uh, on this episode. Please tune into the next one where we're going to continue with some of these warning signs and relationships mm-hmm. and what you can do about them. If you want to find out more about how you can improve your relationship, head over to therelationshipmaze.com and press subscribe so you can listen to every episode of our podcast. Uh, and thank you for listening. Take good care. Until then, bye.